Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And I think we could put up 10 points at halftime in a college basketball game with three other guys. <laughs> I mean, you'd think so, right? A couple of layups, uh, throw up a deep three and, you know, throw up a bunch of them. One goes in and, you know, yeah. But, yeah, oh boy, uh, yeah. It's an ugly basketball season so far. I don't think we'll spend much time on it today. We'll, we'll talk more about it as the season develops. But, uh, you know, hey, we've... We got some. We got some good stuff to talk about with ASU. Some good. Yeah. Today we get to start with talking about how ASU won the territorial cup, and as you said, Matt, what's better than winning it four straight times? Five straight. Absolutely. And and that that's really like that's really about all that can be said. Um, I mean, it, it's a. It, you know, I don't know your thoughts. You could tell me if you if you disagree at all. But like, I was glad we won. And as the final minutes ticked down and it became clear we were going to win, my immediate thoughts went to, all right, what was this season overall? Because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't feel a tremendous amount of joy winning this game. It was more just relief. It was more like, you know, okay, we we won the game. We were supposed to win against a 1-10, now 1-11 team. And, and now where, you know, where were we this year and where do we go from here were the questions on my mind. Yeah, a, a workmanlike victory to finish the year eight and four, six and three in the conference. Yeah, uh, yeah. behind Utah in the South, um, de- deserved to not go to the conference title game uh, with no, the season we put not. together. I mean, look, you you had you had it in hand. I mean, it was that Utah finished eight and one, right, in yeah. the South. Yeah. So it's that second half. We win that game, and everything else is exactly the same. And it's seven and two, seven and two, and we've got the head-to-head tiebreaker, and we're we're playing in two nights. So that's it, right there. Um, you know, you blew your chance, and then you blew the second chance that they gave you with with the loss to Washington State. Um, and, and you know, that's where you sit. But uh, you know, it was a it was a fine win. I, I think it was kind of an, a win that was emblematic of the season, which was. It was fine. Yeah. Well, uh, I, there was there was nothing to really hate about it, but there wasn't really a whole lot to be like, oh my gosh, that was just wonderful. No, I you know I I, I called it workmanlike because yeah. it was. Yeah. Look, we were the better team. We got yeah. up. We held them at arm's length. We executed yeah. fine. The defense held. There was no. Yeah. Spectacular yeah. like moment. It was just a. No, we no, sort I of mean, ground the them down. Were big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we let them drive the ball on us. We gave up a ton of big plays in the passing game. I think nine or ten passes of fifteen plus yards. Playing without um, uh, both of our senior linebackers, right? Junior, senior, and Evan Fields. whatever they are. Yeah, and yeah. Evan Fields, yeah. and uh, yeah, I mean, and the Markham uh, who backed right. up Fields was out. one of the Markhams, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, but it. By the end of the season, our our defense didn't really resemble, in many ways, the group that we thought we'd start the season with. I mean, uh, you know, Lole obviously was lost before the year. Um, You know, Robertson and Butler both get injured. At the end of the year, Fields missed basically the second half of the season, it felt like. Um, After the the Stanford game, I think it was, he was in and out of the lineup, mostly out the Mm -hmm. rest of the year. you know, so so some some significant losses, but you know the defense held up pretty well all year. Um, you know, I think we're going to probably maybe in a week or two weeks or whatever we'll we'll maybe do a more detailed look back. But uh, overall, you know, defensively we were we were pretty solid. Um, 
not dominant, but solid. And, and that's just kind of how I feel about this year. I mean, I, you know, I know. Well, that's reflected by being eight and four. Eight and four. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I listened to, obviously, you know, I was working for the radio broadcast. And so I, you know, I heard Tim Healy at the end of the game say what we had talked about, which and kind of go further. Like, I think it's maybe only the seventh or eighth time since joining the Pac-12 that we've had eight or more wins in a season. So, you know, you don't, you don't thumb your nose at a good season. We haven't had, I mean, we haven't had an eight plus win regular season since 2014. Um, and so that's nice, but here, here's the analogy. I thought you could tell me if you agree or disagree with it. We, uh, we are the college football team equivalent of the, you know, the kid who goes to college and comes home with like a 2.8 GPA, which is fine. We didn't flunk out, but your parents are left thinking like, well, if you just like really tried, you probably could have got like a 3.5 at least, but we just kind of coasted. We got four B's and a C and it's like, well, all right, that's, that's okay, but it's nothing special. Yeah. Well, and I think that is, uh, the, the phrase you just said is an encapsulation of this team, the Herm era. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Nothing special. You know, this I, is I this is cold. his best year. We, yes, we were yes. nowhere close to being ranked. Um, no, nowhere close we to were. competing yeah. for the conference title. But by by year's end, right. you know, with two right. weeks to go, we were not receiving votes, and we were right. not uh, eligible and to. We win. would have needed a massive amount of help to. You know, I mean, we we went into the second to last week needing to win both and have Utah lose both. Right. That's not really competing for the conference title. Uh, you know, I mean, like, no, nobody gets eliminated in week one or two. You know, we were mm-hmm. we were pretty much out of it by the Washington game, really. Um, and, and, and so, I guess, with that in mind, you know, beating U of A is good. But as, sure. as Dirk Cutter said, don't let them tell you that that's enough. It's not. It's not. It's and, not. you got to put it in context, man. I mean, this U of A team was 1-11. And, and last year's was O for the season. And, uh, you know, so like, yeah, beating Arizona is always nice. It feels good. It's a rivalry win. But so did any of you. <laughs> right, right. I was going to say, I mean, and, and it's funny you say that because I even thought this game kind of feels like when we play NAU in the beginning of the season. And like, you're expected to win. Yeah. And if you win, you just breathe a sigh of relief. And if you lose, you just think, oh, my God, what an embarrassment. And that's what this was. So we won. And, you know, I mean. I don't know how many years. I'm sure somebody has found this number. How many years in ASU history we've we've beaten UCLA, USC, and Arizona? Probably not many. Yeah, um, but you know, yeah. so that's all well and good. But but USC's was... four and seven, and Arizona's one and eleven. Yeah. So that's nothing special to beat those two teams. Yeah. Well, and the only team with a winning record we beat was UCLA. Was UCLA right? And, right. Not and, even you know, not even a five hundred record. Besides that, so yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and it's just it, it's kind of it, it's something you said that has stuck with me is this was it. This was the year to do it. Not not just for the player talent and what's you know the unknown right. down the line, but right. the South was bad. Oh man, the South was I bad. Mean, we just like and we and we, you know, we had it. We should yeah. have won the South with the it was, team we it had. Was, yeah, it was to use a you know a tennis uh, analogy, not a sport I'm a big fan of, but you know, it was on our racket there on halftime in Salt Lake. If we you know we we are if we hold serve in the second half, 
we win that game and and the division is basically ours to to lose um and yeah i mean we you know so yeah it just like that's why it's difficult to assess this season because you know you feel almost like a spoiled fan if you say well the you know the best season you've had record wise in 7 years you know feels like a disappointment but it kind of does because well, we built it's to this the- this was this was the crescendo and if this is it it's like is that all there is? Really? Well, and and I'll take it a step further. It is it, it for me. I, I you know because I've had time to think about this now. Yeah. It is a disappointment. This year yeah. is a disappointment, and, and you know what it is. We talked about it at the end of the Todd Graham tenure. Like the speaking uh-huh. victory, the left lane hammer down was fun <laughs> when you won ten uh-huh. games back to back years. Yeah. It, it yeah. becomes a lot less interesting when you're seven and five. Well, right. you told me that. Jaden Daniels is great. This receiving core is the greatest receiving core. We're returning, you know, 11 starters on defense. Uh, You know, Lole got hurt. That's I, and he's coming back next year, which is big. I saw he and Bunkley Shelton both said they're coming back. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Yeah, that's good. Especially in light of the running back room. That's going to look a lot different next year. Right. Um, Right. But so you have, all these things that you're telling me and what you come up with is six and three in the conference. I know. I know. I mean, I think if we went back and, and listened to our season preview, we discussed, you know, like outcomes and and how we would feel. And I, and I think, you know, we kind of talked about like, "Eh, you you know, you win the division, but you're not really, you know, like you're well behind Oregon or whatever. And I, and I almost feel like at one point we discussed, this almost exact outcome, like, you know, eight wins and six and three in the conference. And, and is that good enough? And I, I think we both agreed at the time it wouldn't be. And I, I think now that we're here, it's not, uh, I mean, it just, like I said, is this all there is, you know, like you, you climb the mountain. This was supposed to be the year that we climbed to the top of the mountain. Like, okay. We climbed to the top of the mountain. We look out and there's just much bigger mountains out in front of us. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, do we have it to keep climbing? Because it doesn't feel like we do. Yeah. Well, we we've stopped recruiting. Our our yeah. head recruiting coordinator <laughs> isn't allowed to go on the road right. to recruit. Right. Right. And and so, has disassociated himself with the school. I, but yeah, but he's still our way. defensive coordinator right now. Right. And our moment. primary yeah. recruiter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our recruits who are coming are still tagging Chris Hawkins, which I think is, right. you know, I don't know what to make of that. Is Hawkins recruiting, even though he's on administrative leave? You uh, hope not. But My God, who knows? But who that, knows? I mean, I, I that occurred to me because I saw, you know, someone yeah. said, you know, the traditional AGTG right. received an offer from ASU at Chris <laughs> Hawkins. And it, right. or, you know, Seahawk four. Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. like, all right, why? Why yeah. is he being tagged? Is that yeah? yeah. And it's I don't know question. the relationship. It could be that he's known the guy forever, or that it, it was somebody be. he coached in high school. But it, I just it struck yeah. me because it's like I don't understand if you're. It, it, I hope he's not doing anything because if you're on leave for potential recruiting violations, and then <laughs> you recruit are recruiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would hope not. Yeah, that'd be awfully dumb. Unless Although we are just doing the, you know, middle finger to the NCAA yeah. plan. 
the LSU basketball. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's impossible right now to have any idea what next season looks like. I think, I mean, uh, you know, I guess we've gotten a few answers that we thought we, we, or that we weren't sure. One is apparently Herb's not retiring. We've spent a lot of time discussing that possibility. Apparently that's well, not going to happen. Clearly not being fired. No, no. Um, which I think we both kind of got to the point where we didn't expect that by the end of the year. It didn't yeah. feel like that was going to happen. And he's not walking away on his own. So he's going to be back. Who the rest of the staff is, who knows? Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we lose Rashad White. Expected and, and absolutely correct decision. I mean, he had a great year. He, uh, you know... There's nothing him. left to prove, and he's yeah, skip, you know, and he's the skipping back, the bowl. You know, and he should, he should, because but, all that's going to happen in the bowl game is he's going to get 25 more carries and five catches, and and a chance to get hurt before the Senior Bowl. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our offense in the in November basically turned into Rashad White left and Rashad White right, and every now and again throw the ball just just because. Yeah, just but can't o- be too predictable. But often to Rashad White. Right, and, and if not, often unsuccessfully. But we still put the ball in the air every now and again just to do it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I don't blame him at all. By no means should he play in, a, in what is essentially going to be a meaningless bowl game, Vegas Bowl or Holiday Bowl or whatever. Um, he had a great year. He was MVP of the, the standout. Absolutely. And, and now I'll say this. Here's what I thought. Is it – I mean, sometimes there's an easy answer on a 12-0 team, but, you know, it's it's a little bit – of a, of a black mark on your season when you say, who is the best player this season? And it's clear consensus there's only one answer. You'd like there to be more than one, like, well, but it could be this guy. You know, like like even Joe Burrow had that amazing year with LSU, but you could have made an argument for a couple of their defensive guys or Jamar Chase or <laughs> Justin Jefferson. And like, for us, like, yeah, it's Rashad White because there really isn't a number two. Yeah. Um. Sowelly, I guess, on defense? Because he's you know, the only was, one who played every game? I was thinking about, on defense, who you'd say was the was the defensive MVP, and I, I even thought of him. I mean, I it's him or Butler. Darian Butler came to mind, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Jack Jones had some nice moments, but he was, you know, missed a couple games for for disciplinary reasons. And, uh, you know, so you, you can't have it be him. I don't think you can't uh, have it be Chase Lucas. Lucas was injured. You know, Evan Fields was injured a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, so Ellie was really good. He was he was one of the guys. You've mentioned Darian Butler and the Mike Nixon comparison. So Ellie sort of reminds me of that too. Like you know, he he's probably not going to play in the NFL. I, I think you know we've probably heard the last of him as a competitive football player because I think he's a senior, right? I think he's done. I thought he was a year behind the other two. Maybe, maybe because I think back, next year we get because next year I think we get Kyle and Connor Soeli as starting linebackers. Well, together. they played; they started together on on Saturday, so yeah. I mean, I suppose that's possible, and that'd be great because he was he was very rock solid. I don't think he's you know, like I said, he's not he's not gonna be a first round draft. No, but pick he's a guy who you on on a good team. You yeah. need two or three great players and a lot of guys who won't screw up, and he's a guy right. who won't screw up. He's that guy, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he was a he was a, a, a quote unquote standout. Just there wasn't a lot of guys this year. Again, for a season that you say, well, it was our best season in seven years. There wasn't a ton of guys that it's like, wow, that guy really made a leap. That guy really played. I mean, Rashad White, yes. Uh, so Ellie probably. 
and maybe Darian Butler when he was healthy. You know, he was pretty good. Um, the line was fine, you know, the offensive line, but, but you know, nobody really jumped out and was, like, amazing. Um, the receiver group, we've talked about that. That's been a, pretty much a wasteland. Uh, well, you know, and, and Ricky, Ricky Pearsall, I guess. But, yeah, you know. Like, well, and Pearsall had a really good game. He did. Yeah, and he had a nice season. Yeah, but but he, but he didn't have a yeah. Well, and he wasn't season. if if Ricky Pearsall put up those same numbers again next year, I would hope that there's someone who's got more receptions and more yards. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he was our number one receiver and I, I don't know if you have the stats in front of you. I'm guessing he had less than 30 catches for the season. Uh I don't I don't have them. I can look. I'll, I, I don't want you to mess up the recording by going uh, and searching. I mean, I, I probably will mess up the recording. <laughs> Here, hold on. I'll, I'll look. I'll look. I'll get there. We can keep, we can keep discussing he, as we're going. Like, Here's the thing, though. If Pearsall puts up the same season next year, but I, I don't know who. He had 515 yards. Okay, and 44 catches. More than I thought. Yeah. But still, that's not, you know... 44 for 515 feels like a nice number to have at like the game seven or eight mark for your number one receiver. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a 12 game number one receiver. Total. Well, and if you want to take it to the terrifying next level, which I know you do. Yeah. Uh, Pearsall 44 for 515 Rashad white next leading receiver gone 43 yeah. for 456. Curtis Hodges, next leading receiver, 20 for 373, also gone. Also gone. Right, right. Uh, Bunkley Shelton with 370. Yeah, but then you got Bunkley Shelton's got 29 catches. Andre Mm -hmm. Johnson with 12. Johnny Wilson with 12, I think gone, but who knows? I can't imagine he comes back. I'd be stunned. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Thompson, 13 catches, gone. Elijah Badger, six catches, who knows? Jordan Porter, one catch, he's gone. Yeah. You know? He's already gone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's not a ton there. I saw Chad Johnson Jr. got a, got a few snaps there on offense in the game, and I thought, wow, that's a that's a first, or it feels like close to a first. Yeah. Um. You know, Elijah Badger was was okay, but you know, wasn't certainly was not a big factor in the passing game. You know, and then and then there's the the name we haven't mentioned yet, but I know we've mentioned him a lot in previous weeks, which is Jaden Daniels, who. Really, you know, twenty-two. Out at the end of the year. I mean, Jane Daniels' just, final line: sixty-six percent completion percentage for yeah. twenty-two hundred yards, ten TDs, nine picks. That's bad. It's, it's I'm just let's good. just say what it is. That is bad quarterback play. It, yeah, and that, you it know, is. Yeah. When you hear the story of oh well, he lost faith in his receivers, or they never really got on the same page. Was Herm's line? It's like I. They're all. In their second year, at least. Yeah. You man, know, how long do we have to wait for them to get on the same page? Like, good Lord. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, this is this is not a bunch of true freshmen that just joined the team in August. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and really, I mean, the 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 Arizona game was was the crystallizing moment for me that like and I texted you during the game. He has no confidence throwing the ball. No. He gets back. And he doesn't want to throw the ball. When he does, it's often inaccurate. And more often, he holds on to it and tries to scramble and run. And a couple times, he made a play out of it. 
but Mm -hmm. there's just, there's no, there was no sense whatsoever that we could really have a successful passing attack in that game. And it's not like we were playing a great defense. I mean, we were playing a really bad defense. In fact, one that has been picked apart most of the year. Uh, Now we ran it really well. And so you don't need to throw it a ton. That's fine. Um, But man, it just was like so apparent. I mean, I, you know, watching some of those throws and they're just like, he's one hop in a, a 10 yard, you know, stop route to Ricky Pearsall. Like, dude, those, that's simple stuff. We're, we're talking throws that a high school kid can make. Yeah. It, look, it's bad. And, and yeah. And so this leads to some of what's going on in college football. A number of quarterbacks are in the transfer portal. And, oh, you know, there yeah, was in, in a 24 coming, hour sure. period, Spencer Rattler's most likely destinations ASU to Spencer <laughs> Rattler will not be transferring to not ASU. Now I'll say, you know, and it's uh, I'll, I'll say it, and you might say, like, well, it's easy to say now after the report he's not coming. I never thought he was coming. If if Spencer Rattler, who started this year, you know, projected by some to be the number one overall pick, which seems insane now, but nonetheless he was, one would think his goal is still to get to the NFL and well, put himself in the best the, position. He was the prohibitive Heisman favorite going Heisman into the favorite, year. right. So he's going to come to a team in which, like, if you watch this offense, we did not throw the ball successfully. Now, maybe some of that's on Daniels not being a good passer, but still, like, you could tell it's an offense that's not really built to throw it a ton. And with a weak receiving core, uh, like, come on. Like, the the only reason people were putting the the dots, connecting those two dots, is that he's from Phoenix, and ASU maybe needed a quarterback. But logically, it makes no sense for him to come to ASU. Well, and I'm going to throw out things that I think are are more likely now. Yeah. Caleb Williams goes to USC and Spencer Rattler's quarterbacking Tom Herman's offense at Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he, he could go back to Oklahoma. I, if Williams I, leaves, you know. I doubt it because well, I think uh, there's some ill will there. With yeah. The, you know, with the fan base and all that. Like, uh, I mean, you're right. It's possible. Never say never with anything. I mean, well, after, I, after the stuff we've seen the last three days, never say never with college football. But I, I'd be surprised, but, I guess. My my dark horse that I read that I that I actually like a lot is Iowa. Yeah. If he Iowa? goes, yeah, because they're going to need a quarterback. They're already in yeah. the Big Ten title game. They're going to get to play a Big Ten schedule, it, yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's, I mean it's it's interesting. They've uh, never had this kind of quarterback. No, they haven't. I mean, you think of Iowa, and you think of you know Ricky Stanzi and and James Vandenberg, and you know Nate Stanley, and they always have the you know the big lumbering white guy who's there for like three or four years and he's nothing special but he's not bad either no uh, guys who are know, good a, college that would be a change of pace no <laughs> doubt no doubt yeah yeah i mean uh yeah I, I i hadn't thought of that i mean you know i know that the team that was connected with him a lot through the season was Ole miss but it appears at least for right now that Ole miss might end up with dylan gabriel from ucf yeah because he i guess he was recruited by jeff levy who's the offensive coordinator there and you know, there's some thought that that's where he's going to land, but who knows? Nothing's yeah. official yet. But I never thought he was coming to ASU. I just, I just didn't. I mean, I guess you, you know, you read it, and you think, huh, that'd be interesting. But boy, logically for him, I mean, unless you just want to come back and play in Phoenix, there's really no other good reason why he would choose ASU. 
But I, does Jack know, Miller want to come back and play in Phoenix? Now, see, those are the, you know, Jack Miller or Chubba Purdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two I'd be interested in. I mean, none of them, neither one of them has shown much at the college level yet. I mean, they haven't gotten a lot of chance. Um, but they're Arizona kids. Uh, you know, those are names I would certainly hope we are taking a look at. Uh, you know, I know Haller put the thing on the athletic today and maybe you read it because you texted me and said, you know, I think it might be Daniels coming back and Haller, you know, intimated that today on the, that real time update that he does. I mean, the I reason why I thought that, that was when there was this immediate, like, you know, well, Rattler's not coming. Right. I, I think that, you know, Herm's style is to say, well, let's just roll this back out there. I guess. And I, guess. I don't but think boy, that's I mean, good. Uh, I don't either. Like, so Jaden Daniels, who's been in his in his three years here, he's what, uh, seven and seven and five, eight, four, two and two. So on one of those losses, one start? Year, he start. Yeah. He did. He did. So seven and four. What what do we do? Nine and six and then what he's seventeen and ten. Seventeen and ten. You know, so like if you say seventeen and ten, but now you're gonna take away his top two running backs from this year, including the one who was the bell cow at the, the second half of the season, and yeah. trade him who was probably who should have been next year, but now he's leaving. Well, and you um, take away two of his top three receiving targets because Hodges is yeah. out of eligibility. Right. I know that, you know, right. there's all this, you know, who's coming <laughs> back, who's not. Hodges can't come back. It's hard to believe that someone's actually out of eligibility. It feels like in college football, everybody has an extra year if they want it now. But yeah, you're right. He is, he is out, um, you know, and White's gone, obviously. And then the offensive line, you know, Deesh is gone, right? Deesh is gone. Haddis is gone. Year. Haddis is gone. West might leave. West can't. You know, yeah, some, West is eligible to leave. Henderson's eligible to leave, but I think he's too. I don't think he would. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I mean, too I, green. Know, right, right. You know, unless he transfers, I guess. I don't think he's going to the NFL. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just um, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. Like, if you think Daniels is is a seven and five, eight and four quarterback, well, without this cast around him, is he a five and seven quarterback? Because I, I feel like he might be. Yeah, um, well, and your recruiting class is basically Tevin White, a running back, and then a bunch of guys who aren't going to help Jaden Daniels. Right, right. So here's here's, and I, I texted you this this week, and I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my theory on Daniels, and I'll admit some of it is it's it's total speculation, but I, I've thought about it. Is the problem with Daniels in a way that he was given the keys to the kingdom without really ever having to earn them? Well, well, didn't he I mean, beat out Joey he Yellen? Committed. He did beat out Joey Yellen, and but but remember, we had Yellen and Long committed for months. Yeah, and then we go get Daniels, and he visits. He visits at that UCLA game. I remember mm-hmm. the last game we had at home that year, twenty eighteen, and so it was pretty clear that like, okay, we're not sold on Joey Yellen and Ethan Long being our answers. We're gonna go get this kid. We, the only upperclassman we had coming back in 2019 was Dylan Sterling Cole, who had barely played and was clearly not, you know, a, a great viable option for the position. He gets handed the job essentially freshman year and really never had competition. The la- I mean, certainly the last two years, zero competition. His backup was a former walk-on. We signed, you know, Daylon McLemore, who was, you know, a, a really kind of an afterthought in 2020. 
We signed Finn Collins, who's, you know, maybe he's going to be something, but he wasn't a blue chipper. Uh, and it just feels like we kind of, we kind of gave him the, the keys to the castle before he ever really did anything to earn it. And yeah. all we heard was how great he is and how he's, you know, it's like, was he, was he coached hard? Doesn't feel like he was. I mean, it, you know, and I don't know. Again, it's just a theory. I'm, I'm, I'm uninformed in a way about it. But, like, that's why I think he should go somewhere else and get coached harder. Yeah. And, and maybe that talent is there if, if a coach coaches him differently. Not better or worse, just differently. Yeah. Well, and I think that what, one of the things that sort of dovetails nicely with your theory is the sort of the chatter around, well, they have all these penalties, they have all these things, because Herm is hands-off, and he treats them like professionals, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. They're college kids. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the the lack of of, of continuity, or maybe continuity is not the word, the organization this year, you know, it was, it was startling this year. How many times, I mean, there was a time, I'm pretty sure in this game, that we had to call timeout, or we didn't have enough guys. Now, Arizona did it too, but again, Arizona That's should not, not be the comparison. comparison. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, one on 11 teams should not be your barometer. That, like, we, I'm trying to remember the exact sequence. We called timeout, and then we didn't have enough guys on the field. Or something like, you know, it's like, man, that kind of stuff just cannot happen. Yeah. Or, you know. Or you I, just line up wrong coming out of a timeout. Or coming, right, you know. Right. You know, the number of false starts. Good Lord. Like, figure it out. By well, the last and, road game. You should have figured out how to how to counter this, and we didn't seem to have any way to figure it out. Well, and it didn't just happen on the road. That was part no, of the frustration throughout the season. It was home True. and road. True, you're right, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it seemed it was worse on the road. Extra uh, prevalent on the road. Well, when, and you know, and as it always is, but but my point is just like they couldn't get anything right. There no, was no, no. You know, I mean, just like little things like that. That it's like, what what are we doing here? That that we're not getting this right by week 12. Um, you know, and, and there was, I mean, again, I wish I could remember the exact sequence. There was something in the first half of that game that I remember thinking like, this is the sign of a poorly coached team. Now you can blame having three assistants gone and maybe there's legitimate blame there. You know, you've got to move people up and then you lose, you know, you don't have as many people as you normally do and everything, you know, suffers because of that, I guess. But yeah, just like Howler made the point in one of his articles recently that like, and I think you just you just said it. You know, Herm is is a player's coach and he doesn't have rules; he has standards. And it's like, well, that's all well and good, but sometimes you need rules, and and maybe you know you got to be careful with a quarterback. Quarterback psyches are weird, and and you know you don't want to submarine a guy. But maybe we maybe every now and again we needed Herm to say, you know, we need more from Jaden Daniels. He needs to step up. It's the, you know, it's like maybe we needed him to throw a shot across the bow. Well, rather than constantly saying how great Jake Daniels is, and like, well, I'm not seeing it. He's he's not showing it. Well, and and part of it is, it it wasn't for lack of opportunity. It's not like coming out and criticizing, you know, your quarterback who's 11 and one, and he had three right. touchdowns and a pick, and you Nick Saban right. him, and you're like, well, he's got to make better decisions with the football. Sure. Sure. You know, it's, yeah. he, he had nine picks to 10 touchdowns. There were yeah. plenty of games where he was ineffective at best. He was. Yeah. I mean, I, I look cause he threw the two touchdowns in that game and it, like, obviously, I mean, this goes without saying, but you know, I think, I think he had, 
obviously we only had 10. Uh, I think there was five or six games this year he didn't have a touchdown pass. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and that's that's okay for once or twice if you're, you know, running it really well or he's got, you know, two touchdown runs or whatever. But, man, 10 touchdowns in 12 games is, is shockingly low for, for a guy who uh, I said before the year, and uh, you agreed, should be the all-conference quarterback. We, we both said it. Like, you know, if, he's gonna, if we're going to have the year we expect, he should be the all-pack 12 quarterback. Well, he ain't going to be. No, and he's not, and not even going to be honorable mention. He's not, and and I, I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, he's not going to be, and it's not like uh, he got beat out by a Heisman Trophy winner. No. I mean, you know, who's going to? It's going to be probably Cam Rising and Jaden Delora or something like that, who had nice years, but you know, there's no Marcus Mariota or Andrew Luck in the Pac-12 this year, and no. we still didn't get the kind of year that I hoped for from Daniels. Well, and. and- and the other guy who you thought it would be, Slovis, also right. didn't have a good year. Was so. equally disappointing, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the difference, of course, there, and I, don't, I mean, not to say USC did anything right, but they had a they had a touted true freshman that was able to replace him when he struggled. Mm-hmm. We didn't. It just felt like you know, it felt like we we made him the face of the franchise, maybe too early, and maybe without really having to earn his way to it and then you know and then by then it's like well we can't change now he is that we gotta just keep sticking behind him like i mean and again i i know this is speculation and maybe it's wrong and you know i'm willing to admit that but like how many times did you watch a game and we were losing or we you know and it really felt like jake daniels was was like angry or or really pissed off or really, you know, getting in a teammate's face about, Hey, you got to do, you know, you just didn't see that. Well, and the thing and, is you can be that way as a quarterback where you're yeah. laid back and it's, sure. you know, but then you need your coach to be the other way. Your coach right. has to be in people's faces True. and yelling and screaming where and you're the counterbalance. Yeah. Herm is definitely not that. I mean, how like the, the consistent theme of watching us on the road, especially this year when I, you know, obviously we're watching on TV, is the the shots of Herm just kind of like standing there, looking up at the video board or writing down notes. And it's like, I mean, I'm not saying he's he's not invested. I think he is, but he's not a you know go get in someone's face and you know he's not certainly not Nick Saban. You don't see those like sideline outbursts. Oh my God, we jumped offside for the third time, and he's throwing his clipboard, and you know his veins are popping well, out of his and head. And he's never, you know, and I'm sure it's why he, you know, why there's no concern about if we lose a coordinator or that he's going to yeah. find a guy because I'm sure he's no. great to work with generally because he probably. just probably lets you do your thing. Probably, probably, but, yeah. But the yeah. flip side is, in the game, when we're committing all these penalties, where's the statement, you know, yeah. either, one of two things. Where is watching him just berate the lineman and the offensive line coach? Or right. the post game where he just sends the offensive line coach out to be interviewed by the media. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you yeah. go explain it to him. You tell yeah. them why we're doing this. Yeah, I mean, and again, there's a fine line there. There is, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be the guy who's constantly ripping your players and you know, you got to have your players backs at times when no one else does, but it just, I don't know, specifically with Daniels, it just feels like we, we crowned him. When mm-hmm. I say we meaning first of all, the coaching staff, secondly, the media, thirdly, the fan base, we, we, we put the crown on him when he showed up in August of, you know, 2019 
and never really stopped to ask until maybe right now, like, did he actually earn that crown or did we just size it for him when he showed up? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly frustrating as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. To look at what we were promised and, and, you know, it goes all the way to Ray Anderson. It just has to because of the, because of what he said at the termination of Todd Graham and the hiring. Right. Right. You know, and look, you and I talked about this, you know, I think last week, the Herm Edwards era is not the disastrous nightmare that the national media and the PAC 12 columnists, you know, foretold. Expected it to be. Yeah, but and admittedly that I worried it would be. I mean, yeah. I remember the first mention of hiring Herm and thinking, "Oh my God, what are we doing? Like this, this could be disaster." And you're right; it has not been that. But you know what? But it's, it's been it, it's been Ole Miss in the pre-Lane Kiffin years. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's yeah. Auburn in the non-national title years. There's no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. It's it's Gus Malzahn, but without you know 2013 when they played for a national championship, or 2017 when they, you know we haven't had the highs. Yeah, you know we're and, just and okay, and we yeah you know yeah. And, and we have the other thing is the Oregon win is defining, sure certainly, but that was two years ago, and right, and right. by itself. You know, exactly. like it's, it's it's isolated. We didn't build on it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, not I mean, like you know. I mean, ASU basketball is going to be bad for the second year in a row, it looks like. Yeah. But, you know, Hurley doesn't just have the Kansas wins. He has right, a right. number of similar wins. He does. Like he does. the Kansas Agreed. win. Now, none of them have come in conference. In conference <laughs> or in the tournament or whatever. No, you're right. But, yeah, you're, you're correct. I mean, now you don't – obviously, you don't get as many chances in football to have yeah. those kind of win. You only play 12 a year and some of them are going to be against, you know, Southern Utah or a one in 11 Arizona team or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's not really a big signature moment. I think, am I right? 2018 was the year we beat Washington when they were top 10, right? His Herb's first year. Yeah. When we beat him like 10, seven or something like that. Yeah. Um, it was a low score, 13, seven, uh, with Manny Wilkins, you know, so we, we've got a couple of those, but, you know, this year, like this year, we didn't even play a top ten team. So that's the other thing. Like, you know, okay, well, we didn't, we we didn't have a top ten team to beat. True, but we but, but we didn't beat anybody of no, consequence. I mean, you know, so our schedule. You look at the final play. You know, the rankings this week. BYU is number twelve, I believe. We lost to them. Yeah. Utah, I think, is seventeen or eighteen. They we should let BYU play Oregon. By the way. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm I'm not uh, now. Admittedly, I don't like BYU, but if BYU wants to win the Pac-12, you know what they could do? Be in a conference, which they're gonna be. Oh, I I'm I but I'm not be I'm being facetious. I, I don't really think they should, but, but I just I, I'm I'm exhausted by that conversation because then Notre Dame should win the ACC Coastal. They went undefeated against the ACC. How come no one says that? Well, because Notre Dame's better, even though they don't yeah, have a coach. Yeah, yeah, which we'll talk about. But anyway, I mean, you know, we played we played two teams that finished ranked. I think that's it, right? Washington State didn't. Oregon State didn't. UCLA didn't. Those were the only winning teams we played. Um, you know, and we we lost to them. And and so yeah, there's just there's no 
I guess, you know, as you say that it, it clicks in my mind, like, yeah, we went eight and four, but what's the, what's the signature moment of this season? There isn't one. I'm not sure there is. Yeah. I mean, like some of the wins that felt like the Stanford win felt like, Oh, well, that's a good win. They had just beaten Oregon. They didn't win again the rest of the year. So that really wasn't that good of a win. Um, you know, I mean, the, the UCLA win, I guess, you know, they went eight and four too. Um, but you know, if that's the, if that's the best win you got, there's, there's, that's not nothing to really like feel like we're going to, you know, five years from now, I don't think you and I are going to be reminiscent about how great that UCLA win was in 2021. No, it, we're going to forget about it. What this season is, and, and what I think the Herm era is, is the Ray Rhodes era with the Packers. It, it's yeah. something that, like, I'll remember, I'll look, if it stays how it is now, which I think it will, it is yeah. something I will look back on as a, like, huh, that's an interesting bit of trivia that Herm Edwards came out of a decade-long <laughs> retirement to coach ASU for a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, like, uh, you we can, and uh, you don't have to answer it right now. It's something we can talk about more, but, like, if you if you rank the coaches that we've had since we started here and the eras where does Herm fit in I think for me it's above Dennis but certainly not above Graham and I don't I don't know maybe even with Dirk if I'm gonna if I'm gonna wimp out and call it a push yeah I mean I think it's I I think that's right I I think the difference is I would maybe give Dirk the nod presently maybe because Maybe, yeah. because at least with Dirk, there were times where we were close. Right. Whereas right. we've never, you know, Graham, we played for a conference title. We were yeah. in the in the vicinity of an opportunity for a, another, uh, you right. know, competing in the Final Four, uh, right. college football playoff. Yeah. A- yeah. And, you know, with Dirk, we... That USC game and that LSU game right. were two thousand five. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, that was meaningful. They weren't. It was. They weren't wins, but they were meaningful it games. Herm right, doesn't. Right. Herm I mean, doesn't have meaningful games. Not really. No. I mean, like the most meaningful win was that Oregon win, and it was more meaningful because it spoiled their chance to make the playoff. You know, it didn't. It, it didn't had no win value us to us. No. No, you're right. I mean, that's a good call. Like we haven't, we haven't played a November game under Herm or a December game, obviously, which comes if you play meaningful games in November. Uh, that have really felt like, you know, we really have something big on the line here, and we did a lot under Graham. A lot. I mean, you know, we we won the Pac-12 South and clinched home field to the Pac-12 title game in 2013. We we you know we beat Notre Dame there in November and got into the top six of the country. And then even after the Oregon State loss, had we won in Tucson, you know, in 2014, we would have been the title game again, conference title game. Um, you know, we had those games. And, yeah, we haven't had them against Herm, or with Herm, I should say. Yeah. And and so, so I, don't know. I my – look, this isn't Jed Fish with a bare cupboard no. and you say, hey, progress is meaningful. He right. came in, and we were told, at every level, progress is not meaningful. Right, right. Success is meaningful. Yeah. And, and well, we've, we've not made progress, and we've no, not I had mean, success. 
what was our record in 2017? Graham's last year, seven and five, right? Yes, we. If it, I remember right. Yeah, we were seven and, and five, and and the quote was seven and five is not good enough. Right, and Herm's right. been and seven and five, seven and five, two and two, two and eight two, and four, eight and four. Yeah, so the the bar graph is almost a straight line from the Graham's last year to where we are now. It was supposed to be trending up, and it's not. You know, and then you look at what we have, what what it feels like we might have next year. Now, maybe things maybe things won't be as grim as we expect. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll get some guys, we'll get some transfers, and who knows. But it feels like, at least right now, that the arrow could point down next year. And then you're left thinking, five years in, the best you're going to have is is eight and four, six and three. That ain't good. It's not what we were told was good. Let's say that. I mean, well, and and my you said qu- it. Ray Anderson said it. Yeah. What's what's good enough? Well, this isn't. His standard was top fifteen in the country, top three in the conference. Yeah. Haven't done any of those things yet. Well, and my question to you is if this is the end, the cupboard may be bare. I know. I know. Like you you <laughs> Yeah, I mean like if things go south next year. And, you know, and I think maybe that's what you're getting. Like, are we headed for, a, you know, where we have to bring in Jed Fish and, ex- and accept that, you know, three wins might show progress? Well, because Not next year, but in 2023? Well, possibly. because here's the thing. If we're bringing in all these transfers, we're losing a lot of guys. I, I, right. um, I can't imagine we're going to do any better than losing two of our receiving core. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that. I, you know, I'm talking about the non Wilson Hodges part. I'm talking right. about, you know, uh, Thompson's gone. Wilson's gone. Yeah. Badger might leave. Yeah. Chad knows? Johnson Jr. Might leave. He certainly could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like our roster until a guy says they're coming back, we shouldn't count on them coming back. So like, right now, I think we're looking at Jermaine Lole and LV Bunkley Shelton. We'll have more than that, but, you know, I'm not confident in anybody else. Yeah, which, by the way, if we need a new defensive coordinator, I think that maybe uh, promoting uh, Coach Rodriguez from the D-line. Would be a good idea. Yeah. Keep him. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, a success, and, you know, they, they were still a pretty good group, even without Lole all year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that wouldn't bother me in the least. But, but to get back to the point I was making – uh, you know, okay, so then we do it with transfers. So we do it with a bunch of guys who are going to leave. And right. they go five and seven, and the decision gets made. Herm's going to retire, right. quote unquote. Right. And Ray Anderson with, you know, IMG is going to pick our next coach. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, whoever it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it's like, and okay, it well, you've, you've now missed another recruiting cycle. All of our recruiting coordinators and hot shot yeah. recruiters are gone yeah you know? yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh i agree i mean like I, I we we talked about it in text a couple weeks back and i and i even said to you like well if we fire herm feels like you're at you're almost setting the next guy up for failure yeah well because right we don't now. have a we don't have another quarterback we don't have no. Uh, you no. know, defensive stalwarts i i mean here's my fear and this is the I, i'm being serious now yeah. We spent all this time with our five senior defensive backs, and oh, right. how great. And you remember from spring ball, 
uh, and fall camp, how, man, Tommy Hill could be a starter. Yeah. Hey, and then he didn't. Like, right. what What didn't if really Tommy Hill's gone? What if Tommy Hill's a starter at Mississippi State next year? I know. And see, that's that's the, you know, the dynamic, the new transfer rules. I, I know I've said it a hundred times and I keep hammering it, but it just, it just changes things so much because in the past, you and I would have this discussion and we'd say, well, but does the guy really want to sit out a year? Probably not. Well, now that's off the table. So if there's a better place out there for him, he, he goes and he plays right away. And, and I'm fine with that. I'm not by no means bemoaning that or saying that that's the demise of, you know, sports or, no, or for the, human society. You, you and I have been on the same page that for the student athlete, yeah. especially in light of what we're seeing with the coaching world. Yes, which that, gives us a transition potentially yeah. to our next topic. But yeah, absolutely. I think they should be able to. But as a fan of a program who wants to know, keep in, Tommy Hill. Right. In the position we're in right now, we're feeling like, well, okay, we have a few pieces that we could still be excited about. It's it's nerve wracking because you feel like, well, all it takes is, you know, a few of these guys to think like, well, the grass is greener over there. Chip Trainer, we've already seen. Like logically he was gonna after be the, the Arizona starter. game, you thought, Okay, White's gone. Next year's train him cheer. He's gonna and, be and, our number one guy. And when White announced that he was skipping the bowl, it's like, Great, Chip, you're right. the you're the feature back for the right, bowl game. Right. And now he's gone. And and you know, and so it's like, you know, and you you texted me, you know, if if not a leave. Well, he could. I mean, I don't you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out. I don't know that he will or won't. I just but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. So it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, it just, it's, it's going to be a hold on tight kind of feel for the next month or two. I feel like, and see, see what our roster looks like around, you know, mid February, which would probably be for us around the start of spring practice. Um, and, and then, you know, probably need some portal additions after spring ball. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that's going to be, you know, the, the last step is, you know, look at where you're deficient and then go target those areas in, you know, in April and May. And then see what you got next year. And who knows, man? I don't. I don't know. Besides Lole and Bunkley Shelton, like I said, there's there's nobody right now that I'm like, well, we'll have this guy back for sure. And I'd only say those two names because they've said so in the last 48 hours that they're coming back. Yeah, the number of guys who said they're not coming back still exceeds the number of guys who said they are. Which is nice, I guess. Yeah, and it, and it will. I mean, we're not we're not going to lose 80 guys off our roster, but you know, we we could lose. I mean, if you count seniors who are leaving and transfers, it wouldn't be surprising if we lose, you know, 30 plus scholarship guys from this year. Yeah. And, and so, and key guys too, at most spots, not just like, you know, Oh, this guy was the fourth string long snapper. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to lose a lot now. We weren't great this year. So it's not like, you know, saying, Oh, we're losing a lot from an 11 win team that came. Oh, so close to being in the playoff. And now what? So I'm like, well, okay. Start again and see what happens. But that's why that's why this eight and four to get back to where we started feels disappointing mm-hmm. because this was supposed to be the pinnacle. We had all these guys coming back more than we ever expected because of the super senior year and all this. And well, and the conference uh, the South lined up for us. You it know, did. They the whole kept... conference. I mean, yeah. even Oregon isn't Oregon's number ten or whatever. Like I don't think Oregon's really that good. Uh, you know, like we we could have won this conference. With the team we expected at the start of the year, we could have won the Pac-12 and been in the Rose Bowl. And and that's why it's disappointing. Yeah. 
Well, let, let's talk about what what else happened as part yeah, of this. Yeah, let's talk a little rivalry Saturday. What a what a Saturday, man. That was, uh, you know, our game was sort of a, you know, it was nice, but boy, oh boy, Michigan, Alabama, Oklahoma State, those were three thrillers back to back to back. Yeah, well, I, I think Bedlam turned into complete Bedlam for oh everyone. Oh my gosh, what a game. What uh, a game. Just wild. Uh, like, and a, and a crazy... It's one of those games that, like, if you didn't watch it, you just looked at the score, you'd think, oh, typical offensive shootout, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Was not that at all. Like, special teams, touchdowns, a defensive touchdown. I mean, like, Oklahoma State's defense was actually really darn good, but they gave up 33 points because they had, a you know, an interception, a fumbled punt, a safety. Like, you know, they, they gave Oklahoma a lot of points. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a crazy game. But uh, So crazy I, that it wound up changing the college coaching landscape being the too. end of, of lincoln riley yeah yeah Who, you know and, and if lincoln riley did not talk to usc until sunday morning i know that then tampering doesn't happen in the nba right <laughs> right right you know now I'll, I'll say this here's here's my thought on that lincoln riley maybe didn't directly talk to usc until sunday morning but his representatives had for weeks there's yeah. no way you're making that that big of a decision in eight hours. No well, way. Well, unless you're Brian Kelly. And I don't believe that either. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, I don't believe either one of them. I, you know, I just, I just don't believe it. Um, before we get away from rivalry Saturday, though, I'm gonna say this: good for old Jim Harbaugh, man. Finally I, got there. Got he off the schneid. The demons and my, I mean, like, so I went. You know, I went to see Ohio State this year, and that made me sort of won Ohio State to make the playoff. So I was conflicted watching that game. But, dang, that felt good watching. I mean, like, even though I kind of wanted Ohio State to win, watching those 100,000 people celebrate that and just have that moment was like, it was like catharsis. I know that, you know, we just spent the last 50 minutes exercising our pain about college football and the team we love. Like, they've, they've had it for a long time, and that was, that was nice. Like, uh, good for them, man. Yeah. That was that was a good win, and they that was physical domination. Like you know, there was no fluke about that result. They ran it down their throat over and over and over, and they were the better team. No no ifs ands or buts about it. So you know they they earned it. It was not a crazy fluky last second field goal win or anything like that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, yeah, it was a big win. And, it was. And, it was. And, and it I don't know us. if it's job saving, but it is defining. Oh, I think it's job saving for Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh's going to cash in big time. Oh no, uh, I don't mean that. I mean, I don't know if he was going to be fired if they lost. Oh, you know, I don't think so. I mean, ten, gosh, if they'd lost, they were ten and two. That's that's you know, still a pretty darn good season. There would have been some consternation and some angst, but I, I don't think he would have been fired. But now, I, I mean, gosh, he. You know, he ought to take the deals that Mel Tucker and James Franklin just got and say, all right, give me a few dollars more. Yeah. Because, you know, hey, why not? Uh, and, and good for him, man. He's he's done well there. I thought he was a little bit unfairly maligned over the last – now, I know last year they were really bad, but, God, last year was such a one-off year, especially in the Big Ten and Pac-12. I don't know if you can really, you know, as ascribe much meaning to 2020 in those two conferences. Uh but man, good good for him. They really they turned it around, and like I said, it was it was no fluke win. 
It wasn't a crazy four overtime two point conversion fest like we got in the next window with Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, which which was a thriller. Also a great game. It was. It was. I mean, it was uh, for I, completely no, different reasons. I, I, yeah, I was going to say I didn't see much of it. It it felt like a snoozer for much of it. But then the you know it was one of those like the, the entire sixty minutes plus wasn't great. But boy, the last you know two minutes in the overtimes dripped with drama. Um, I'd like to break in briefly just so that we address it. It's it's yeah. gone final from Desert Financial. Okay. Washington State fifty one. The Sun Devils twenty nine. Uh, ASU's fewest points in a game since the forty five forty six season. Good lord! And at two and six, zero oh and one, it is their worst start to a season since starting zero oh and eight in nineteen sixty nine seventy. Oh my god! Twenty nine points in forty minutes. Good god! With a man, shot that's... clock, a shortened shot clock. Yeah, was, uh, I mean, the I last time know. we didn't score these kind of points, there was no shot clock. There yeah. was also no three point line. Yeah, where is like wasn't much... weren't Jackson and and uh, <laughs> Heath Horn and Horn Heath all scores marksman? Yeah, I mean this is like how much worse can it get? Uh, the Doug Haller's tweets include the word brutal and <laughs> worst ASU performance in years. <laughs> I see that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean it just I don't know what to say. That's that's awful. Yeah. There are uh, many, I mean, you know, gosh, the, the football games we're talking about uh, from those three games, most of the teams we're discussing scored more points in football than we did in basketball. Yeah, this is the third. Our football team outscored, a, outscored our basketball team in their most recent games. Per per Greg Hansen, this is the third oh fewest points scored in a Pac-12 game in the last 40 years. Jeez, I'm surprised it's not the worst. Apparently in 1981, Oregon State beat Stanford 18 to 17. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say, man. That's that's like uh, a huge embarrassing failure. Uh, yeah. 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 Like what what I said about, you know, people thought the Herm Edwards years were going to be a huge embarrassing failure. This is, man, I don't know. Where do you where do you go from here? Um, I guess I, hopefully this is the bottom and they start to, you know, it's like, it's like what they say about, you know, like a drug addict, you, you can't turn it around until you hit your bottom. Well, hopefully this is us hitting bottom. Yeah. Uh, I guess to answer the question of where you go from here, I, I think you go to a new more coach. losses and yeah. And maybe a new head coach. Yeah. I, mean, I it, it, like, I mean, look, he's got time to turn it around this season. He's not going to get fired midseason. But if this season continues on the path it's on, I don't see how you can continue forward with Hurley. Well, I'll I'll say this. You're not going to fire him midseason, but you may. Yeah. You may fire him in February to get a head start on hiring whoever the best is. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you could. I mean, I just like we'll see. Maybe you know, like I said, I don't, I don't expect him to get fired tomorrow. He's got time to to show he can right this ship somewhat, but yeah. he better show it because I like you can't you can't go forward with a program that's spinning off the rails like this. I mean that that the performance in the Bahamas got more embarrassing by the game. Like the first game really wasn't bad. We had you know we played the defending champs and we lost by what ten or twelve or something like that. Oh, okay. But then we were 
we were almost non-competitive in the second half, the next two games. And this game is like, good God, uh, there's, there's no way to, to polish this turd. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it was a fun performance when in the last 60 seconds I've compared us to a drug addict and polishing a turd, right? Yeah. That's when you know, you had a good game. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's poor. It's, man, it's man, poor. oh man. Well, okay. Back to more exciting stuff, or at least more interesting stuff than our terrible basketball team. College football. Yeah, so... Rivalry weekend. You had a number of big wins. Yeah. Uh, Program-defining moments. Cincinnati's in the Final Four, and, and I think we'll stay there with a win in the conference title game. So here's my fear with them. My, here's the, the one thing I think could, could do it, even if they win. Alabama beats Georgia. And Michigan and Oklahoma State both win. I think they might get left out. Yeah. That's the thing. If Alabama beats Georgia, they're both going. I think that's automatic. And if Michigan wins, they're going. So that'd be three spots. And then you're debating between 12 and twelve and 1 Big 12 champ Oklahoma State with three top 10 wins. If they beat Baylor, they'd have another one. Or 12 or 13 and 0 Cincinnati with no top 10 wins. Well, I guess one, Notre Dame. They would have the Notre Dame win. Uh, that's a tough one. I, I don't know what you do there. I mean, I think you have to. I, I think you have to take Cincinnati, but that's because I always think you have to Stop take them. one of these schools. I mean, I, you know, but uh, if you don't do it this year, you're basically saying we're never going to do it. It's never going to happen. Now, I think you know, within the next four years, at the latest, we're going to have an expanded playoff. So mm. uh, you know, the the like precedent setting i don't know if it really matters that much because i don't think we're going to be at four past 2025 20, at the latest but but uh yeah i mean if they go 13 and 0 and they beat notre dame who's going to finish in the top six at worst 11 and 1 i mean they're done they're not playing any more games this year this season regular season at least um you can't do much better than that yeah, but it's tough. I mean, like I, I feel like they well, should. Well, and be... they're they're effectively playing a Big Twelve title game because they're playing Houston, and they're going to be in the Big Twelve. I was thinking about that when I when I, I was thinking, you know, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. Like, God, that's that's two future Big Twelve teams right there. Um, and, you know, soon soon they could be playing each other for the conference title, but not this year. And and uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I like. I think they're playing at the same time, but. First of all, they need to handle their business and they need to win Houston convincingly. I think they need to win, Not, and and I was gonna, I was just about to say they need to run it up if they can. Mm-hmm. Like they need to, like if they beat them the way they beat SMU a couple weeks ago, then they're in pretty good shape, I think. Yeah. Um, but if they beat them, you know, twenty-one to seventeen, and Alabama beats Georgia, they could be in trouble. Like I think if Georgia, if Georgia wins, <laughs> and wins handily over Alabama, which hard I mean, to I, see I that happening. Yeah, I mean hard to see I anyone think, handling Alabama. Is it? Based on what I've seen from Alabama lately and seeing what and what there, I've seen from Georgia. But, but have you had have, has anyone run away from them? No, but they haven't played a team as good as Georgia. Yeah. I guess that's my thought. Like they you know like you look at and I know this is dangerous, but look at common opponents. Georgia went to Auburn, beat the tar out of them. 34 to 10. Alabama goes to Auburn, has to go four overtimes to win. Georgia hosts Arkansas, 37 nothing. Alabama hosts Arkansas, it's 42-35. They have to recover an onside kick to hang on. 
you know, like, so, I mean, Georgia plays Florida. But maybe Alabama is the team that plays to the competition level. Maybe, maybe. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. Like, here's the thing. Because they're Alabama, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, they're going to get handled. Georgia's going to beat them. No. What I'm saying is, like, if they weren't Alabama, if these, if you just, if you stripped away your knowledge of what these teams have been before this year and just looked at this year, you'd say Georgia was a 15-point favorite, I think. Just, just looked at what they've done this season. Yeah. Uh, so, I think Georgia could beat Alabama handily. And if they do, I don't think Alabama goes. Um, but if Alabama beats Georgia, they're both going. Georgia's ain't falling out. Yeah. I don't I don't see any way that happens. Farthest Georgia falls is number three. Because if Alabama wins, they'll be one. They'll put Georgia three to avoid the immediate rematch. Yeah. I, I Which agree. I think is appropriate. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's been the best team all year. One loss shouldn't change that. Shouldn't shouldn't knock them out of the top four, let's say that. Yeah. Um now I I want to get to the coaching carousel. Bedlam ends. The Sooners are reeling because they won't compete for the Big 12 title. Right. Which we should know. Before we, you know, how about the turnaround or the the unexpected conference title games this year? No Ohio State, no Oklahoma, no Clemson. You want a new blood, you got it. Yeah. So, you know, those are, they've dominated their conferences the last five years, all of them. Not even in the conference title game. But that's an aside. Go ahead. So they lose. They're reeling. Their number one uh, committed quarterback prospects for the continual quarterback prospects yeah. uh, cycle decommits. And their head coach leaves to go to USC. Yeah, yeah. Effectively out of nowhere. Man, I mean, so I'll just ask you, were you as shocked by that as I was? Yes. I was stunned. Uh, I, I, I mean, I will level with you. I assumed, and it's happened to USC before with their one-time offensive yeah. coordinator, so it could happen again. I, I assumed he, if he was leaving Oklahoma, he was going to go pro. Yes, but, yes, yes. But if you throw well, that much money at him, right? You know, he's kind of going pro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I thought there was there was a lot of whispers the last couple weeks about LSU. And I thought, you know, that that does make some sense. Maybe he thinks that like Oklahoma's going to have a rough transition to the SEC, which they could. Yeah, because it's going to change the recruiting landscape. It is. It is, and it's it's. I mean, you look at the recent teams that have moved conferences, and none of them have been smashing successes. Utah is probably the most successful, in all honesty, of the yeah. big conferences teams that have. You know, um, I mean, A and had some success, but not. They haven't been to an SEC title game. Well, I was going to say, so and not a smashing success, not no. long term. No, um, no. Uh, you know, West Virginia kind of yeah, was okay. A little, uh, you know, Missouri got to a couple SEC title games, but that was when the SEC East was way down. Florida and yeah. Georgia were both down, so I don't, you know, I give they, they they earned it, they got there, but but you know, they're they've kind of come back to earth since. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be an adjustment. So that made sense. But then when he, you know, when he says after the game, I'm not going to be the next LSU coach. Like, all right. And, and you know, I, read, I think it was ESPN, you know, the headline. You know, Riley 
Riley rules out LSU, says he's staying at Oklahoma. Like, well, actually, he did not say he was staying at Oklahoma. Just like Aaron Rodgers think... didn't say he was vaccinated. Right, right, we, right. You, mean, you didn't ask the follow-up question. Right. <laughs> the, the inference we took is, oh, well, he says he's not going to LSU. Clearly, he's staying at Oklahoma. Apparently wrong. Yeah, and, and you know, the and I, I'm not the only one with this reaction. It was just good for the Pac-12. Oh, it was you know, great for the Pac-12. a lot how the Pac-12 has been kicked, kicked, kicked when they're down the last five, six, seven years. This was a nice moment. The Pac-12 needed to win one, and they, they won one. Yeah, this was... We've talked about this at length. As USC and Oregon football go mm-hmm. is how Pac-12 football is judged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If USC was the number 17 team playing Oregon... People would care about the Pac-12 title game on Friday. No doubt about it. No doubt it. Yeah. And 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 so by having this and getting the number two quarterback in the 2023 class, and he's going to get... Going to get some others, too. Yeah. This is not the only guy. This is U.S. It's going to be USC plus Lincoln Riley. They're going to... and, And the thing is also... They're going to score points. This guy's had two Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, and another who was a runner-up. Yeah, yeah. first yeah, round, there. first round receiving options. He, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're going to be entertaining. I mean, you know, we we discussed USC. You know, when they when they had the opening a few weeks, you know, what a couple months ago, and I and I remember even saying, I feel like they need they need to be good and also entertaining. Yeah, I think this accomplishes that. Like he, you know. Now the guy's never, you know, he's never won a national title, but he's been to the playoff what three times. Um, well, and twice, you know what? Guess, now in college students, football, but, national titles matter, but the Final Four is the Final Four. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly, and and I think this just it's a it's a needle mover. It would USC will be on more marquee TV slots next year because of the fact they have Lincoln Riley as the coach. They may not be. They'll be better. I think they'll be better than four and seven or five and seven, four and eight, whatever they're going to finish this year. But they may not be, you know, 10-win, 11-win team next year, but they'll just get more attention. And more attention means more attention for the other teams in the conference, and Oregon is still going to be good. I mean, Cristobal has recruited really well these last few years, and that, you know, the pipeline just gets better. Doesn't feel like it, at least. Yeah, you know, didn't get the Florida job. There was some thought of that. He didn't, you know, he didn't leave for there. Um, You know, so... Yeah, I think it's like you said. USC and Oregon have been the the you know, uh, with Stanford mixed in there a little too. But the, you know, those are the preeminent programs in the conference of of the last twenty years. They're both positioned to start getting or keep getting high end talent, which you know it just it just raises everything else. You start getting better players. You start having guys drafted. You start getting into the playoff. Hopefully, the you know the expanded playoff. Maybe you start getting two teams in the expanded playoff. Not just your required one, yeah. but you know, you start positioning yourself to have two, maybe three in a twelve-team playoff, something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's big. I mean, I you know, I, I you've watched The Office, right? Yeah. But there's a there's one, and I when Kevin Malone is a talking head after the the five families where they get the parking spots back, and he says, you know, it just feels good to win one. Yeah. That was how I felt with this for the Pac-12. Like it just needed to win one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the the moment that the conference needed. Yeah, because relevance. Yeah, well, because we led a news cycle 
It was, you know, we weren't the, the, you know, third or fourth domino to fall. We were the first domino. We we were the thing that caused everything to change. Right. And went and took the the big 12s king. I mean, they had won the last, what, five big 12 titles, I think before this year. Um, you know, so the, the best coach in the Big 12 from the best program in the Big 12, I know they're not staying in the Big 12, but they're there now. Yeah. Went and took them. And, and yeah, it was good. It's just, you know, and I'm not, I mean, you know, I hate Oklahoma, so I'm not really a Lincoln Riley fan per se. Although I like him maybe more now that he left Oklahoma. Um, but, but you know, just, yeah, it's, it's a big one. And you're right. You know, the guy has been quarterback gold. Uh, not, I mean, this year, maybe being a slight exception, but they still went 10 and two. Well, and, and Caleb Williams looks like a future star. So it's not like, well, you know, and he had the Heisman sucked. front runner. He replaced right. him with another guy who right. had a, right. a darn fine year he as did. a true he freshman. Did. Yeah. As a true freshman who didn't play high school football his senior year because they canceled the season. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, pretty impressive that this guy in his first meaningful football since 2019 stepped in and did pretty darn well. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's already got the commitment from Nelson, you know, maybe Jackson Dart is the guy he showed some promise this year, or maybe he brings somebody else. Jackson Dart looks to transfer and you know, who should call him team that was maybe his runner up right here in Tempe, Arizona, but that's an aside. Uh, well, but but here's the other thing you talk about. It could be Jackson Dart. It could be somebody else. Okay. It won't be Spencer Rattler. Let's say we agree that it won't be Spencer Rattler. I would agree. It could be pretty much anyone else. Uh, you yeah. know, hey, yeah. we've got the starting spot open at a premier destination right. with a guy who only coaches Heisman caliber quarterback. Right, right. And who specializes in the transfer market. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get Mayfield. Mayfield transferred before he was the head coach. But, you know, yeah. Murray right. transferred there. Hurts transferred there specifically to play for him. And, and made, I mean, Hertz might be the guy that, that he should most tout because Hertz was thought to be, you know, oh, he's a great athlete, good college quarterback, but he has no pro future. Made him into a second round pick and an NFL starter. Yeah. Like, pretty, pretty solid. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's good for USC. It's good for the conference. If, I mean, how many times have we said it in the last 15 years since we started here at ASU, more than 15 now? The conference is better off when USC is good. And, and, this is a step in that direction. He's still got to win the games, got to get the players, but it feels like he will. I don't have much doubt that like he's going to get the players and he's going to, it's going to at the worst have them being a consistent nine, 10 win team. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's part of the, the fun of this for the PAC 12 as a PAC 12 fan is right. USC always starts the year with, a ha- a half win advantage yeah. In, yeah. in how you think about the team. Well, yep. now it's probably like a win and a half that yeah, you think probably. they're going to get from this. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just you'll see better talent. I mean, that was that was something that really stood out. I went to the USC game this year, and and just looking and I know Drake London was hurt. He got hurt the week before, but it was like. You know, how many guys out there do you feel like, oh, I got to I got to remember I saw this guy, Corey Foreman played and he was, you know, a big time recruit. And I don't you know. We'll see what becomes of him. But there really wasn't anybody else. that was like, oh, that's a difference maker. That's a guy that, you know, I'm going to hear his name on the Thursday night of the NFL draft or I'm going to see him in the Pro Bowl or all pro teams. Or, 
and USC should have guys like that. And they didn't have really any this year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch and follow. And, um, you know, as an ASU fan, I, you know, I don't, I'm not saying I want, you know, USC to be 12 and 0 every year, but you know, I've said this to you, you've, you've said it to me, you know, beating USC is great, but it's greater when they're really good. You know, beating yeah. USC this year didn't really feel like it meant anything. They're not very good. Yeah, it's not as fun. No, I mean, I want USC to come in here in the top five in the country, and I want to beat them. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I want to beat them every year, but I want it to be like, oh yeah, here comes mighty USC. Well, it, it, want you it to want like, it to feel uh, like if you know the way it feels to beat Oregon right now. You right. don't. You don't want it to feel like beating Colorado. Which no, is what it which felt is like. Basically, what it was this year, yeah, and and a number of times recently. I mean, even they've had some good teams, but you know, like when we beat them in 2011, when they had Barkley, I think it was 2011. Um, you know, it was like okay, good, and that's nice, but you know, like it would have, you know, when we played them in 2005. And granted, that's an extreme example, but they were the two-time defending national champs. That would have felt like wow, this is a big win. Um, you know, or 2007 when we played them on Thanksgiving and they, you know, we were basically playing for the, for the Pac-10 title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that felt like, okay, you know, and that's what you want. You want USC to be that program. So, yeah, great for them. I thought it was fantastic. Love Oklahoma reeling a bit. And then I got to experience the other end of it with, with Brian Kelly, I guess. Yeah, so Brian Kelly goes to LSU. It must feel weird to know you're somebody's second choice. Uh, because it was so quick after Lincoln Riley. It was. However, I guess $95 million will help soothe any hurt feelings about being someone's second choice, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, let's just, let's, before we talk too much, Brian Kelly, how about, you know, let's give credit to Mel Tucker and Mel Tucker's agent for just resetting the entire freaking coaching market. That, that 10 year, $95 million extension for one good season. Yeah. That's it. One good season in his entire head coaching career just flipped everything on its head. Yeah. Uh, and and so great I, I great point. It, it's going to, like you said, Harbaugh is going to get more money. Yeah. Uh, Saban, I think go they're going to have to make him like governor of Alabama. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he can name his price, obviously, you know, uh, Kirby Smart, I'm sure, is going to get more money, and Dabo's going to get more money, and you know, I mean, when when the bar is set that one 10 win season gets you, you know, a 10 year deal worth 95 million dollars, well, what does multiple national championships get you? Uh, you know, and that's that's what those guys, well, not Kirby Smart yet, but but Dabo and and Saban certainly can can go to the table with that. So it's crazy. I mean, it just yeah. it's, that was a crazy deal, and and it's. You know the chaos has ensued since. Yeah, I, I I think it it is obvious that you know money in college football is not a problem. No, no, no. I was I was listening to uh, Stu, Stuart Mandel and Bruce Feldman's podcast, and they were talking about you know we're about eighteen months removed from when you know ads and administrators were talking about how we. We have to lay people off. We have to cut sports because we just don't have any money. Like, well, can't say that now, right? I mean, you know, like, it's, there's well, plenty and, of money. And if speaking you want of Harbaugh, you know, 
whether it, it's him. real or not. But the thing yes. he did, giving the money. Fantastic. You know, yes, I agree. Saying, I agree. For pay great the people. PR, yeah. And, and, and also a, an awesome move. I mean, yeah. it just, it really is. Like, you know, is there some selfish interest in making sure that the public knows about it? Sure. I'm, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be naive. Um, well, but, it's you the know, same thing like very, the Marlins signed Avisail Garcia, and, and he they immediately announced that he's donating 120000 a year to Marlins charities. It's like, okay. Right, right. Well, yeah. You know, it's it's the, uh, I, I always refer to it as the Larry Fitzgerald's corollary, you know. You, you do some good things, but make sure that the cameras are there to record you. And then, okay, Harbaugh announcing it, you know, like, could you have just done that anonymously or without, you know, a whole lot of fuss? Sure. But good for him nonetheless and a, and a and very smart PR um, in a year where coaches are raking in the dough and he will too. He's definitely getting a new deal at Michigan after the, the you know, pay cut he took last year. Um, but yeah, very good. You know, now the, the Brian Kelly thing, uh, I, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that you leave when your team has a chance to play in the college football playoff. That, yeah. that just, that sticks in my craw. It's a stunning move. It stunning. is. I mean, Lincoln Riley was stunning because I didn't think he was going to leave, and I and I was very surprised he left for USC. But their season is over. They'll play in a bowl. They'll probably go to the Alamo Bowl or something. You know, but they're, they're not in the Big 12 title. They're not going to the playoff. It's okay. I get it. Now's the time to make a move. But Notre Dame, with a, with a couple of upsets on Saturday, probably gets in the playoff. And, or at least has and a there, there's some value to rooting for that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I kind of was anyway. I mean, I like Notre Dame, um, you know, and, and but it's just I, I I don't know how you can sit there and take the LSU job today and say, I think my, you know, I think Notre Dame is one of the top four teams. in the Like, so you're I mean, Mandel made this point. I'm stealing the point from him, but, but it was such a good point. This would be like, you know, we get to the end of the NFL season and, you know, the, the 49ers are eliminated from the playoffs and they fire Kyle Shanahan and they hire Matt LaFleur, who's, you know, still coaching the Packers. Yeah. And they won the North. Like, what the hell? I, I mean, your team still has a legit chance to win the national championship and you leave. I, I, I just can't I can't get my head around that. Yeah. It's uh, it's a shocking way to do business it is but, it is so i i you know you know i like notre dame they're one of my favorite teams and i and i just i've had what 48 hours or so now to figure out like where i land on it and i think i think brian kelly to me is like Kawhi leonard i will appreciate the work he did at notre dame because he he came in the program was kind of in in chaos bad coach after bad coach after bad coach post lou holtz and he was there for 12 years and they got to a national championship game and two more playoff appearances and, uh, you know, consistently a very, very good program. And he deserves all the credit in the world for what he did there. <clears throat> and it was but a I good hire, uh, it was. Oh, a home absolutely. run hire when it was made. Absolutely a great hire and a, and a very good tenure there. But I sure as hell won't be rooting for him going forward. Yeah. That's all I can say. Like, I, I will respect what he did. I'm not going to be like that, you know. Like, oh, he sucks, and he was never any good here, and they're better off without him. Like, no, I, I'm not going to be that fan. I, You know, what he did at Notre Dame was fantastic. Short of winning a national title, which is tough in this era. 
just like I don't know if Notre Dame can win a national title in this era as they're currently constituted. Yeah. But he got him awfully close. Um, but man, I will not be rooting for him at LSU. Yeah, which is going to be hard for you because you also like LSU. I kind of do. I kind of do. That's that's one of those I've I've gone back and forth on. I mean, especially now as my my newfound Alabama <laughs> fandom, as yeah. you can attest to with my text I sent you after the Iron Bowl. Um, you know, it's tough to root for LSU all that much. Uh, you you got to pick sides. What's crazy about that, like, absolutely insane, is that I went into that Saturday. We talked about that Saturday, those rivalry games. I went in thinking, I really hope Ohio State and Alabama win. And I thought, what has happened to me? In the past, I absolutely would have rooted for Auburn and Michigan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Saban happened. Saban Tua happened. I told you, Tua has Tua has changed me, um, and and now I'm like, yeah, I want Alabama to win. I mean, I I remember being at ASU four years ago when Auburn beat Alabama, same day ASU played Arizona. Being at the stadium, seeing the score go final on the board that that Auburn had won, and being like, oh, so great, yes, fantastic. And then this year, when I thought Alabama had lost, I saw they turned it over on downs with two minutes to go. And, I thought, man, they're, they're done. They're going to lose. How about that? I can't believe it. And I texted you and said, you know, did Alabama officially get beat? I was I was sad. I was worried you were going to say, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Then you said they had the ball back. Like, wait a minute. They could still win? What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Thanks to the running back going out of bounds, as it turned out. Yeah. A crazy, crazy last two minutes of regulation. It was. It was, man. How, how like the stones on Bryce Young, some of those some of those fourth and third and fourth down conversions on that last drive. Long third down, fourth down, long third down again. Like, man, he, he came up big when it mattered. Yeah. Um. And all this talk about the coaching, we, we didn't even mention Florida has a new coach. Our old, our Billy old buddy Napier. Billy Napier. All yeah. that, uh, yeah. all that, maybe ASU could get Billy Napier yeah. dream that I had. Wasn't was going to happen. Not, yeah, I, we not. were not even close. Clearly not. If Florida went and got him, a team that's got, what, three national titles in the last decade or two decades or something like that. So, yeah, I don't think he was coming here even if we had an opening. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I again, stealing this point from the podcast I listened to with Mandel and Feldman, but you think about the programs that have got new coaches or, or will have new coaches in the last just two years. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, USC, LSU, Florida, Texas. I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah. Like the, you know, like crown jewel programs in the sport. Yeah. And not for nothing, can we just talk about the the Luke Fickle hire by Cincinnati and how yeah. how great that went? It's been great. Yeah, which of course then begs the question Notre Dame and him, possible. I think it's. I think it's at least possible. Maybe, but they're going to the. You know, they're going to get I to play in the Big Twelve. They're they're going to get yeah, the, the one. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like I said, until until Brian Kelly left, you would have said, "Well, they got a chance to to make the playoff." He's not leaving. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, like uh, I, I think Notre Dame should hire Marcus Freeman. That seems to be where they're going. I, I think that'd be great. I think you 
you always got to, you know, I know the players are really in on that. And I always am cautious because you don't, you don't hire a coach based on the current players. Yeah. Because the current players will soon be former players. And then you're left with a coach who you're like, uh, we don't even want this guy. And now all those players are gone. But I think this guy's a rising star. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere soon. Why not right there? Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but Fickle's a great coach. You're right. I mean, the sense that, you know, that's been a great hire. Did they hire him immediately after after the Ohio State interim yeah. year, or was there time in between? No, because they well, okay. they offered so he's been him. there that long? Yeah, I think he's wow. been there for okay. five, four or five years. Would be more than that. Wasn't the Ohio State year 2011? Was he, was he an assistant under Urban for a while? He was. Okay, okay, okay. Because he was the interim when Trestle got fired in 2011. Right, but then he stayed on staff with with Meyer. Yeah, I think he was the coordinator there. Sorry, okay, when you said sense. right after, I thought you meant right after he left Ohio State. Gosh, it, I'm like, man, has he really been there ten years? So, you know, that'd no, be no, long. no. I mean, it was right after he left okay. Ohio State. He but, left Ohio State. Yep, you're right. All right, he was. Yeah, he was co-defensive coordinator from 12 to 16. Then went to Cincinnati in 17. All right. I was like, man, there's no. I, I know time flies as I get older, but no way he could have been there ten years already. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been a been a great hire, man. And you know, like uh I'm I'm torn on what I want to like I kinda wanna see them make the playoff and then there's a part of me that, that doesn't, but but now when it comes down to it, I, I think I do. I think I wanna see them have a shot. Yeah. And if they get blown out, then all right, they had a shot. Yeah. It'd be no different than most years in that that round. I mean, Oklahoma has and Notre Dame has, you know, so that, that's the thing. Like, the, the knee-jerk reaction will be, well, this is why an American team doesn't belong. But, well, did we say that about the Big 12 when Oklahoma got rolled year after year after year? Yeah. Well, we'll be back uh, to talk about what happened in the in the conference title yeah, picture. Sir. and uh Fun and Friday, Saturday coming up. Figure out how we feel about whatever ASU does. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where the roster sits in a week or so. Yeah. Kind of going to be how it is the next few months, I think. Yeah. But uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.